It's a movement, but it's about people. Be the People is about we the people joining forces to reclaim and reshape the best of our nation's time-treasured traditions. Each week, we offer insightful interviews with movers and shakers from all different spheres of life. And now, please welcome Dr. Carol Swain. Welcome to another episode of Be the People. Today, we're going to be talking to a young man who has been impacting his generation in ways that I think many of you will find fascinating. We know that when we think about teenagers today, we often think about them as um, young people who are focused on trends and celebrities and video games. And we also worried about the educational system that seems to turn a lot of them into social justice warriors. But there's always an exception to the rule. And my uh, next guest is an exception. At 14 years old, Chandler Crump went viral in a conservative influencer's video because um, he said he took pity on liberals. He didn't hate liberals. Let's get this. A 14-year-old, he's conservative, uh, and he feels sorry for liberals. Chandler, who's now 16, has blown up on social media. He's on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and probably other places as well. He has over 40,000 YouTube subscribers and a social media following. And he's here today to talk about our culture and political climate and things that we older people, um, we have our opinions on, but it's always important for us to hear from, you know, Generation Y about how they're seeing things. And so Chandler, first, tell us a little bit about yourself. When did you get interested in politics? What's up, Carol? And hey, everybody that's listening. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. And I guess I sort of first got interested in politics when I was 13 years old. I had always been interested in making change in the world, but I just didn't know how I'd do it. And in fact, I had even, you know, my generation is known for playing video games. I had played some video games that imitate the United States political system. So that's kind of how I learned a lot of things and kind of gained that love of getting involved in politics. But I didn't really get actually involved physically until I went to this one event uh, in Washington, D.C. in 2018, where I personally met Candace Owens, the people that work with Turning Point USA, and they took us, a bunch of young leaders, to the White House, where we heard from and spoke from uh, President Trump. And after that event, I was very inspired. And it told me something that no matter how old I am, I, as a 14-year-old at the time uh, in 2018, I was able to walk into the White House and hear from the president. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter how young you are. It doesn't matter what you think you can or can't do. You can step out there. You can speak your truth. So you were 14. You got invited uh, to the White House. How did you connect? get connected with the group of young leaders that um, ended up at Turning Point? That's actually a really good question. So it was my father who actually heard about the event. And on the website, it actually said they only get people who are like 17 and younger. So I was like, well, dad, I'm too young to do this. But he was like, no, I, I think if you apply, they'll let you in. And I, I guess it was through my father. And he was, he's been a very supportive figure in my life. And he helped me get into that. And that's how that happened. Well, that's great. Um, tell us a little bit about your parents, because uh, children don't uh, raise themselves. And so... Yeah. 
Uh, tell us just a little bit about your family. Yeah. So I think when I mentioned my parents, for some reason, and I think this is to do with a little bit of racism, people are almost surprised when I tell them that I have both a mother and a father. Uh, and I was very, very lucky to have such a thing. And I think I believe the, that that is such a rare thing. That's something that I and my generation and I guess the black community overall needs to work on. But uh, I was gifted with two parents and they were both involved in me being raised. They are still together uh, and they really provided me with everything I needed to grow up as a balanced human being. And so I think that uh, they gave me an amazing you know, childhood and that got me where I am today. And do you have siblings? Yes, I actually have a brother. You may know him, Mikel Crump. He's actually also a political commentator and he has a very similar origin story as to mine, although he was just a little older than me. Well, that is uh, very uh, good to know, you know, that your father and your mother were able to provide you with uh, the positive experience of having two parents, which is a rare in the Black community. And it's something that if we were able to address, I think we would have far fewer problems as a people. Yep, I totally agree. I think that's definitely one of the foundational issues of, of the Black community is that fatherlessness has left us without much you know, logical basing. So for our men, they seek fatherhood in the streets and that's what ends up them shooting other people or being involved in a lot of other violent crimes or perhaps even the drug trade because they feel like they have no other options. And for our black women, they find themselves aborting their children rather than giving birth because not only were they taught to be more modest in their lifestyle, uh, but they were not taught to respect life in general. And so I believe those uh, I believe fatherlessness is one of the seed, you know, root issues that really causes the tree of other issues that we've seen in the black community. Well, you're right. And I think about young black men that often by the time they're 18, they have already fathered several children. And yeah. at some point the state will come after them and there's all this child support so that yeah. when they actually grow up and fall in love with someone they want to marry, they're paying so much child support from the women that they slept with that they're not able to be uh, an adequate breadwinner. Yeah. So it, it, the issues just sort of domino from there and they're only going to get worse if we don't do anything to change it. Okay. And so you went to the white house, you met the president, you walked in sort of, uh, you know, more liberal, you came out um, conservative what was the response from your peers to the fact that you met with President Trump and you were photographed with uh, Black conservatives? Yeah, so it, it's, it's a really interesting thing to say. So I am actually from a red state, Georgia, and I'm actually in sort of the metro Atlanta area. So it's an even mix of sort of liberals and conservatives. More often than not, people aren't going to give you any trouble because around the time I was in eighth grade at the time, so nobody really cared much about politics, but I was one of those kids who would be talking about politics in the lunchroom. And so I guess it was sort of an even mix of like, either they don't care or they're like Chandler. Uh, I've heard a lot about what's going on. Tell me a little bit about this. Tell me why uh, you support Trump. Tell me why, you, and sometimes they'd be like, tell me why you support a racist. So uh, it's, always, it's always an even mix of stuff. And I had a lot of fun just going up to kids and uh, always talking with them about what I believe and what they believe. And more often than, more often than not, I would do a lot of convincing. What well, Candace Owens has <clears throat> been called a black white supremacist and oh, I've been yes. called an apologist for white supremacy yes. because you know people try to put you in a box and so I really mm -hmm. applaud the fact that 
you have not allowed that to happen to you at this young age. Oh, no. Uh, sadly, you can't applaud that because I have been labeled with those terms as well. I was actually called a white supremacist uh, when I was protesting. And it's, it's honestly hilarious, the people that do that. And so unfortunately, I'm not immune to that either. But I think it's more empowering than anything that they feel so inadequate in comparison to me or in comparison to our movement that they have no choice but to result to slurs and result to name calling without actually providing any logical uh, reasoning to what they believe. What I applaud is the fact that you have not uh, crumbled under that pressure. Ah. And you say that you have pitied <laughs> liberals. Um, why do you say that? Why do you uh, pity them? Um, yeah, it, it was actually really funny. So I was at this event, uh, another event, and this was back in 2018. And of course, everybody knows the filming of the video, but they actually cut the original question off. So uh, the, ver the very first question was, Chandler, with everything going on, you know, the abortion and all these other big issues he would ask me about, he said, do you find yourself despising or hating liberals in the modern era? And I think that's just when I responded and I said, well, I don't hate liberals. I feel sad for them that they're mentally challenged. And I, I think that was like, you know, I thought that I thought of that to myself and said, that's not even that much of a bombastic statement. I mean, you look at what they're doing every day. It is no surprise. But when people saw that, it just sort of clicked in their minds and they were like, wow, this kid knows what he's talking about. And I was like, well, you know what? I mean, it's pretty obvious when you look at some of the things they support that they're not very right in the head. And so uh, I think that's kind of where that statement came from. And I still stand by it to this day, though. I believe some liberals are OK. Some liberals aren't. It's, it's always an even mix. But I think no matter what, some of them are pretty bad. Well, when you look at how people mutilate their bodies in various oh, yeah. ways, uh, you do feel sorry for them because you know that they are crying out for help. They're looking for it in the wrong places. Uh, for myself and for many people, our faith, you know, our belief um, in Christian values and morals, uh, that serves as a, um, you know, it directs our lives and it points us in the right direction. It provides a moral foundation and people that don't have a moral foundation there's nothing or no one to say this is wrong. There is a better way. There's a more honorable way to handle this. Yeah. And I think that when we start ascribing ourselves to that more honorable way, we're going to see a lot more happiness and a lot more success in this nation. Now, you are in high school. Are you in a private school or a public school? And if you're in a public school, uh, do you find it challenging to be around your teachers and classmates because some of them have their own agendas? Yeah. So my schooling situation has always been something very curious. Now, uh, I was in middle school, uh, but when I started high school, I actually switched to a online school, but it was through the public school system. So it's always a little bit of a strange situation because I, was, I didn't actually make contact nor uh, talk to my teachers for uh, the last couple of years now because I'm now a sophomore in high school. But I remember in my last year of physical public school uh, in eighth grade, it, there was a lot of I'd say it was a mix of support and backlash because some of the kids would be like, well, I like Trump and Chandler likes Trump and he talks about Trump on the internet. So I like him. And then there'd be these other uh, classmates where it'd be like, I hate Trump. Chandler talks about liking Trump on the internet. I hate Chandler. So it, it was, it was an always like a sort of strange mix. Um, and people would come up to me and they'd ask me questions or people would come up to me and try to debate me. But either way, I think it was always very interesting with my peers. And then I remember there were even some teachers uh, though they weren't very, 
obvious with their political views, it was still pretty clear to see where they stood. And in fact, I had a history teacher who would try to tell us about a party switch. And so sometimes I'd even have to find myself debating teachers who were trying to indoctrinate my fellow classmates because this wasn't in the history books. There was no party switch in the history books, but yet they try to indoctrinate it into our minds anyway. So it's always a battle on our school grounds, always a battle on our campuses. And I was there to fight it. Right. Well, that uh, is admirable. Uh, one of the things that I believe that is that there's not a political solution to all the problems that affect the world. And so for people like me, the role of faith is what keeps us strong. Like when we are being attacked or your name is being drugged through the mud. And I don't think you've really experienced anything until you pick up the newspaper and mm. you hear, you read a headline or you or story where people are calling you all sorts of names and you really can't even respond. Uh, and so you have to have a, some type of grounding that will take you through situations such as the ones that President Trump has gone through where almost everyone close to you has betrayed you. It's, you know, I think a lot of people have said it and it's very true that President Trump was only in the way. And like you said, we're going to see a lot of political persecution come down the line and a lot of people are going to start feeling the repercussions of what happens when Trump is not in the way to block these terrible things from happening to all of us. And you're also a musician and, uh, <laughs> and I understand that you've released a couple of songs as a rapper. What yeah. kinds of themes have you addressed in your songs? Yeah. So I've, I, I have covered quite a few themes in my very first single walk away. I talk about uh, the walk away movement in which people walk away from the Democrat Party. I talk a little bit about the riots and how much they accomplished. I think one of the lyrics in my song was run up in your neighborhood and show you what they do. They want everything to stop until you short and life is through and which they run it. They literally ran into suburban neighborhoods and rioted outside of your homes uh, and tried to say that you as a white person living in your home, uh, you should you should let a black person live there instead. And if you don't do that, you're a racist. And so I, a lot of the themes I cover in my music are about sort of political things we're seeing happening in real time. And another song I have upcoming uh, is actually talking about everything happening in the stock market and with these big corporations coming down on Americans. It's actually called To the Moon. And uh, I think it's very important to talk about a lot of different subjects. And so every song I create will talk about something different. And every song I create will talk about an, an actually pressing issue that matters in our nation. Okay, well, I'm giving you the topic for your next song. I want you to talk about the religious persecution against Christians. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it was actually really uh, interesting. Last year on Twitter, I guess I popularized a word called Christophobia or Christophobia. Uh, <laughs> it, it's a word that existed before, but uh -huh. uh, I, I guess I brought it into the mainstream because Bryson Gray and a few other uh, Christian conservatives actually started using that word because, you know, we have Islamophobia or, or uh, anti-Semitism or whatever, but there was never really a popular word for the persecution and hatred of Christianity. So I said, well, we need to stop Christophobia. And Bryson Gray and everybody else took that to the road. And I'm happy that, uh, you know, even though I'm not directly involved in the religious fight, I'm happy to at least be supporting it in some way. Well, I hope that uh, you will become involved in it and that it will be a part of your life because it's one of the things that's, I think there are a few things that's truly important. The politics and this world we're in, a lot of this stuff is going to pass away, but some things are more enduring. We're going to take a break. And when we return, I want you to talk more about your life and how you see yourself five or 10 years from now. 
Be the People is sponsored by Cooper Steel, a family-owned business that provides the steel fabrications for buildings across the Southeast. Sixty years ago, Kenneth and Faye Cooper founded the company in Chevyville, Tennessee, which started as a vision is now a nationally recognized company that remains true to its founders' Judeo-Christian values and principles. Cooper Steel is committed to excellence, responsibility, and community. Its motto is build strong, stand strong. It treats its employees and customers like family. Learn more at coopersteel.com. Spreading the out loud truth from sea to shining sea. AmericaOutloud.com is the voice of liberty and justice for all. This is not a fight of Republican versus Democrat. It's not a fight of rich versus poor, old versus young, man versus woman, gay versus straight. It's not a fight of black lives, blue lives, Hispanic lives, or white lives. This is a battle of good versus evil. It's a fight for the soul of humanity. We are the vision of the voices, America Out Loud Talk Radio. I'm back with my guest, Chandler Crump, and Chandler is a young man on the move. And Chandler, where do you see yourself in five or 10 years? Yeah, so that's always an interesting question because you know, the, the future moves so fast. It's the 21st century and it's the 2020s. And we've seen in the last few months just how fast the news cycle moves. So I'm going to explain some of my current plans that I've got going on and we'll see where they go from there. So I've actually recently partnered up with uh, the Blexit student movement, which is a newly launched uh, branch of Blexit, which targets uh, the sort of youth uh, student area uh, age group. And so I've actually partnered up with them as their communications director. So I'm going to be working with them, speaking at their events, going on to news networks to talk about the mission. We're going to be hitting campuses starting this year. Um, and so I think my whole mission was to get Generation Z involved and be somebody who Generation Z can look at and say, well, I like hearing from these adults, but I also like hearing from Chandler because I feel like he really understands what we go through. Because my generation, I grew up with these people. We have never experienced a day in our lives without direct connection to information and technology and the internet. And these right. kids need, yeah, these kids need that connection. And so that's what I'm going to be doing. And I believe that it's a very important mission. But do you think that... Uh young people need to be disconnected from the internet, that they need to be places sometimes where you can't get a Wi-Fi signal? That's a really interesting one. Uh, I believe that there's always a good, like for your own personal health, there's always a, you know, a, a benefit to disconnecting for a period of time. But I believe that as our I guess human civilization moves forward, technology is going to become even more involved in our lives. Uh, but I think it's always good to disconnect for a little while. <laughs> The other thing uh, I'm interested in when it comes to you, so you're taking on a position as a communications director. You're 16 years old. You're still in high school. Uh, do you plan to attend college and how will you balance all these responsibilities? Yeah. So uh, I'm going to come out and say it right now, unless things change in the next couple of years, I do not plan to attend college because I believe that I'm already on track to accomplish what I want. And what I wanted was to save Generation Z and is to save America. And if I'm going to do that, I don't need some degree to do that. Uh, I need to be speaking out in front of people. I need to be creating content. I need to be getting my voice out there. And 
interacting with people and I'm already doing all of that. But as for balancing all that, well, it's definitely not easy. Uh, right now, school is definitely in the way a little bit, but I've, I've worked as hard as I can to balance it. And I think I'm doing a great job so far. And I've been able to travel as much as I have uh, and get out there and speak my mind while still being able to keep up with my studies. And I'm going to be um, taking care of all that really soon. And so I think, I think as far as balancing everything, I've done a great job and I'm going to keep up with it. I can also tell you, Chandler, that I don't necessarily see colleges and universities as the best option at times for certainly Christian conservative youth because of the fact that they have become hostile environments. And so uh, I can see why a lot of young people might opt for vocational education or a field where they don't necessarily need to go in debt to get a bachelor's degree or, or some advanced degree that may not add to their income potential, but at the same time, um, you know, they, they are able to just get, get on with their life. I can understand, you know, that the world has changed in ways that colleges are not marketplaces of ideas any longer. So you're not going to go there and wrestle with ideas and necessarily, you know, come out, um, better equipped to deal with that society, you're more likely to go there and become indoctrinated. Yeah, the value of the degree, uh, the college degree has been dropping over the last couple of decades. Meanwhile, the price of it has continued to skyrocket. And now we're seeing this whole student loan crisis and all these people who are regretting getting their loans that they signed up for and should be paying for. And so there's a lot of different issues with all that. And it, it's just sad to see how many kids believe that college is their only option. Meanwhile, the only thing they really want to do is like real estate or something. And all you need for that is a certification or all these different vocations that you can get yourself involved with without having to go through some four or two year college and deal with liberal professors who are going to give you a bad grade because you like Trump. Okay, as far as your uh, responsibilities for Blexit, what is the Blexit message? Yeah, the Blexit message, I believe, is about prosperity. It's about gathering yourself up from what we, what the past may be, gathering yourself up from above what some of you know, the previous administrations or previous governments may have done to our race and sort of moving past that. It is the Black exit uh, from groupthink. It is the Black exit from the hive mind. And I believe that if we continue on with that mission, not only just in America overall, but in our students specifically, we're going to see a better nation. And I think it's very important to say that just because Blexit is the Black exit doesn't mean it's exclusively for Black people. So I know there are white people listening, Latino people listening, all different races listening. Uh, we have all these people represented within Blexit as well. And so though it is focused on the Black exit, it's the American exit from hive mind. It is the American exit from think, and it is the American entrance, in my opinion, to free thought. And I think I'm very excited uh, with the team and myself to be ushering this through. And I'm really proud of Candace Stones for putting this movement together. And I'm really happy that she brought me on board with it. And could you tell me what uh, the three core principles are of Blexit? Like what are the principles that uh, come first for the organization? Yeah, I think I think one of the most important things within our organization, the three principles are probably faith, family and freedom. Uh, those are I, I don't know if those are the official three words, but that's how I describe it, because within Blexit, we are a family. And you may see in some of our intro videos, we play the footage of uh, or, or we play the footage of those uh, of black families together, father, mother, children, all of them together. We have the song by Tiana Taylor, We Got Love, which is about the black family coming together, showing love, coming together and being a unit. 
Uh, so that's as far as family goes, that's what that is. Faith is the belief in God and the following of that sort of root. And though I don't have much to say about that, I know there are plenty of people within the organization who can come out to you and speak on you, uh, speak to you about that in length, about how much faith is important to what the mission of Blexit. And freedom, I don't even think I need to say a lot. Freedom is the most important of all of those, in my opinion. Freedom to have faith, freedom to have your family, freedom to live in America, and freedom to Blexit yourself from the group thing. And so I think those are three uh, important principles of our organization. And, and, and Chandler, I'm going to take the liberty of saying that since you are an intelligent young man and, and God has obviously called you because people don't just get elevated by themselves. Some people are called and they're called to evil. Some people are called to goodness, but it just doesn't happen by itself randomly. And so if you're going to be effective in changing the world for good, you need to have your own faith story. Mm -hmm. And, you know, those of us who have become, you know, Christians and followers of Christ, I can tell you that I've studied New Age, Eastern religions. I mean, I was just all over the place once in my life. And it was when I found Christ that my life was just totally, um, I mean, I was successful. I was at Princeton, I was tenured, I won national prizes. At one time, almost everything I wanted, I got. And this, I'm speaking as someone who was a high school dropout, everything came easy uh, at one time, but I struggled with a lifelong shyness and it prevented me, like I had an opportunity to be on Good Morning America. I turned it down because I was afraid After I had my Christian conversion experience, God instantly removed my fear of public speaking. And had he not uh, done that, I would not be who I am today because what I do today requires me, you know, to be able to speak to millions of people. And I know you've already spoken to millions of people because you spoke at the mega million March. Yes. Uh, But for me, it was empowering and I think for you to be used uh, to your maximum, you know, fulfillment and to have the wisdom and discernment and knowledge you're going to need in the future, you need to find out who you are spiritually. And maybe you decide I'm an atheist or maybe you decide that I'm something else, but you got to take that journey. Yeah, it's, I think it's a very important journey for everybody to take. And I'm happy that you say that and happy to embark on it myself. And um I'm very, you know, proud of the fact that you take, you know, this time that we're in and these issues so seriously and you do have a platform. And so you are influencing millions of people. You are rightly an influencer. And so I just want to, you know, encourage you to just keep, uh, you know, digging in and keep growing because there's a lot of work to be done. Oh, yes, there is so much work to be done. You know, I always have to constantly remind myself uh, what there is to be done. I look, I can look at my nation, I can look at my race, and I can always see that there is more that, that needs to be done if we are going to be put on a better trajectory. And I'm seeing a lot of what the left is pushing, and it scares me every day. And I'm sure that they believe that they're doing the right thing. And I'm sure that some of them are actually good people and good patriots, but they just might be supporting the wrong ideas. And so I believe that coming together and fighting for a better future for this nation, not just uh, with the people, but just with the nation overall, uh, will give us everything we need. One of the things that, um, you know, maybe since some of your 
curriculum is coming uh, through uh, a high school curriculum that may not expose you to this, but you really do need to understand, you know, critical race theory and Marxism, because what's behind the ideas that's driving our culture in, in, in insane directions is the Marxism. And that will be very important for you as an influencer to understand the, the tactics. So there's some books like Saul Alinsky's Rules for Radicals uh, that you need to read. And you probably read um, George Orwell's 1984, but that's so relevant for what's taking place and how the left takes words and they mean the opposite of what they say. When, when Joe Biden says he wants unity, you know that it's not unity in the same sense as the dictionary describes it. Yeah, uh, there's actually an amazing quote by Huey Long back in the day where he said, of course, America will have fascism and it will be called anti-fascism. And then now as a little science project, what you guys can do is you can type up Antifa.com and guess where it takes you? The White House. So uh, I, there's a lot of interesting things we're seeing these days and it's all coming uh, back to forth. And that's why the fight is even more important now than it was even a couple years ago. And that's why I'm not giving up. You know, I know a lot of a lot of people after the election told me, Chandler, there's no reason to fight anymore. We should just accept what's happening or move out of America. And I'm like, just because our candidate and I don't know, I don't know how how much you want me to say, but just because the election didn't go the way it really did um, doesn't mean that we should back off and just let them take this nation. Just because hope seems like it's gone doesn't mean that we should back down and let them take everything from us. No, we need to keep fighting. Now is the more important time to fight than it even was before. And that's why I've been telling people not to give up. That's why I've been telling people to keep fighting. And that's why I've been telling people that in the end, if we keep fighting and we keep up this energy, we will win. You are absolutely right. Um, we're going to take one last break. And when I return, I want you to tell uh, our listeners how they can get in contact with you and maybe support the work that you're doing. What if there was a book that took the mystery out of prayer, one that made it easier for people to pray God's Word with miraculous results? There is such a book. Joy Lamb's The Sword of the Spirit, The Word of God is a handbook that has changed the lives of thousands of people around the world. You can order your life-changing copy from Joy Lamb's website, thesowardofthespiritbook.com. Order Joy's book and listen to her audio prayers while you're there. I'm back with my guest, uh, Chandler Crump. Uh, Chandler, how can people learn more about you? Yeah, so in the modern age of censorship, I try to spread myself as to many platforms as I can. So the mainstream platforms I'm available on are Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. On Twitter, I'm at Real C, C-R-U-M-P, Real C Crump. On Instagram, I am at chandler.crump you can find me on youtube at chandler crump and then i'm also on alternative social medias like gab at real c uh c-r-u-m-p and then i'm also on rumble i'm on locals i'm on telegram i'm on many different platforms um and then i'm also on streaming services as well so if you'd like to listen to some of my music i'm on apple music and spotify you can just look up chandler crump i'll have songs labeled under to the moon or walk away or the patriot gen z mix I have a, I'm, I try to spread myself to as many platforms as I can. So if you can think of it as a platform, I am probably on there. Just look me up, Chandler Crump. That's like Trump, but with a C. Now, Chandler, I know that it takes a lot of time to manage all those platforms. Do you manage okay. it yourself? Yes. Yes, I do. I manage <laughs> every platform but Facebook because I literally do not know how to use Facebook. So 
I have my mom running my Facebook a little bit right now, but I'll learn how to use Facebook one day. <laughs> and so you've heard this young man that's out there ready to change the world. He's already had a tremendous impact on young people. And he is an example of someone who is actually doing what I always call others to do, and that is to stand up and be the people, be the people who change our nation and our world. It's up to us. No one's going to do it for us. <laughs>